Welcome to Booty and Bossy Eat, Drink, Knit, the podcast where we make you feel better about your cooking and crafting projects. This is episode six, and we will be talking about our family chili recipe and our current knitting works in progress. So, Bossy, do you want to explain mm-hmm. where the chili recipe came from? Well, first of all, I think we probably had chili like every other week growing up. This was family staple, and Mom the Bomb put together a family cookbook, and I learned from her family cookbook, and it starts with sharing food is a gift of love, and sharing recipes makes it permanent. So she kind of broke down the family recipes in terms of the periods that they came from. The chili recipe actually came from a booklet that came with her electric frying pan that she and dad got as a wedding present. And she made a lot of stuff in that frying pan. I mean, I think that frying pan is still going. But <laughs> we're going somewhere. <laughs> it's going somewhere, yeah. I don't think anybody really uses those anymore. We actually use them quite a bit to make Play-Doh in when I was teaching preschool. They're really good for making Play-Doh. <laughs> okay. That recipe for Play-Doh was probably not included in the recipe booklet that came with the original frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners, that would be mom. Hi, Hi mom. mom might recall that we talked about last time, what are the things that sort of make a great recipe? And chili actually hits most of those. First of all, one pot, whether it be an electric frying pan or big sort of soup pan on the stove, but one pot, hooray, love that. The other thing I love about this recipe is you can throw in anything in your pantry, beans, the different kinds of beans, it really doesn't matter. You can throw in corn. I know you put that in, Booty. So whatever you have in your pantry, usually you've got the stuff for this. So you don't, you know, you might have to go out and buy the meat and maybe an onion, but it's definitely the kind of thing that you're likely to have everything on hand. And then versatility. Remember, I like recipes where you can do a couple of different things with it. This one, I think the versatility comes into play with. You can put it on a bed of corn chips, one of my family favorites, or you can put it on rice. You can use, you can put cheese on top and scallions and cilantro. The last thing that I think makes for an ideal recipe, which this hits, is it makes a lot and it keeps well. So you can eat it a couple of times throughout the week or whatever, because it makes a big batch. So the original recipe calls for a pound of ground beef. I don't usually use ground beef anymore. I use turkey, ground turkey now more. I don't know. What do you use, Booty? Well, I usually do use ground turkey, but because my daughter is a vegetarian and she really likes beans. So I can't make chili with meat because then she's excluded. And you can't really, because you're cooking the meat first and then adding everything else. You can't leave, you either have to leave it out totally. You don't make two separate things. Adam Gopnik talks about in Paris to the Moon, how the smell of onions cooking 
is the signal that something good is on the horizon. And I just love that. So every time I'm cooking onions and this recipe starts with that, you feel like the beginning of something great is going to happen. And, oh, you know, I love and that. Yeah. The end of the and day. I do. I think there's something about cooking onions, particularly butter and onions. This does not have butter in it, but well, there, I, that you know. You can. Well, I think I probably did use some butter because I wasn't doing the meat. So I didn't oh, yes. have the fat from the meat. Yeah. Nothing wrong with a little butter and, and olive oil together. That's true. But so you can use, again, if you've got ground turkey, you've got ground beef. I've actually even chopped up ground pork or, you know, sometimes they have that meatball mix. I'm a great one for what's on sale because, <laughs> uh, you know, that you yeah. can throw in here. It's another benefit. The original recipe, so is a pound of ground beef, an onion, a can of tomato soup, which is kind of the surprise. But but it is sort of the secret ingredient, I think, because okay. it's tomato soup. You now, you just put the whole thing in there. You, you don't add the water or the milk that you would normally add to make the soup. And I think it's got that kind of nice combination of a little bit of sweet maybe in right. it. I think there's a that, of sugar in yeah. soup. <laughs> we always use Campbell's. And then a can of tomatoes. You can, again, whatever you have on hand. I sometimes have plum tomatoes that I chop up or if you've got the the chopped tomatoes or even just crushed tomatoes. You know, it's just sort of whatever consistency you want it. It calls for a can of chili beans, but I usually use a com. I use more than a can. I think the proportions are so that it fits in the electric frying pan. I always add, I usually add three cans of beans and I'll do kidney, cannellini, and black beans. And I do four cans because again, I'm not using the meat. I did black kidney chili and they had a tri-blend. Mm. <laughs> and then you you basically I always well, I think I learned this from mom you take one of those cans so you you brown the ground beef and the onion and then you add the tomato soup the tomatoes and the beans and then you mix together in one of the cans the spices it's a tablespoon of flour a tablespoon of chili powder a tablespoon of cumin a teaspoon of salt and then three teaspoons of water I usually actually add pepper in there and I sometimes to make it a little bit more spicy, I'll add some ground cayenne pepper mm. just a little bit. And you can um, use, if you want it a little spicier, you could use those jalapeno tomatoes. Like sometimes they have cans of tomatoes. That also oh have yeah. 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 That, that gives it a nice kick or just put a jalapeno in there. Yeah. And I, I will often add a red pepper or a yellow pepper. I don't usually, I'm not a big fan of green peppers, so I usually don't put green peppers in. But anyway, you cook it for about 45 minutes, stirring occasionally, and it makes a nice big pot of really good chili. What you're saying about the red pepper or the yellow pepper, you can also add whatever kind of on the softer side vegetables you have so maybe zucchini eggplant works really well i 
did it with carrots. I happen to have carrots in the fridge and it works fine, but it does give it a little bit of a different texture because the carrots were a little harder than the rest. So yeah. that, I felt like that was better the next day <laughs> or the day after. But then the other thing we really like about this recipe is that you can serve it with a whole variety of different things like with rice or with cornbread or corn chips. And of corn course chips. you have your toppings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Corn chips. Cheese. We usually, we usually put cheddar cheese, avocado, sour cream. I usually, if I've got some scallions, I'll sprinkle those on top. Cilantro. Doug and I like that, but not so much my son. So, yeah. and it's just a really good basic recipe. I've actually given it to a fair number of people. And I have a very fond, vivid memory of chili. This was in, well, like I said, this was after mom and dad were first married. So it was about 1958 in Claremont, California. But I remember when we were growing up in Colorado, mom and dad had the lake uh, near our home had frozen over. And we had a little impromptu skating party and mom had made a big batch of this chili and we, we went out and scooted around the lake. I I don't know that I would call it skating, but we scooted around, we had fun, we got cold and then we came in to this wonderful dinner of this nice, hot, warm chili. So this is a good Sorry, mom, I got to throw you under the bus, but this story is just too good. So, on the flip side, when you're living in Miami and there's a big hurricane coming, what you don't want to do is make a big pot of chili. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking, oh, this will be so great. We'll have something to eat for the next week or two and when everybody's putting everything back together it turns out that when you don't have power (laughs) then you don't have any refrigeration and your chili goes really bad really quickly (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know she did that yeah (laughs) i think it was one of those things where before the hurricane arrived everyone was just in a frenzy of kind of not knowing what to do and food preparing for food seemed like a really good idea and it was but not things that needed to be refrigerated yeah (laughs) that's what our piano teacher would have called a spasm of anticipation she was clearly having a spasm of anticipation that was mainly spastic it also involved her wandering around in one store looking for our sister who was in another store looking for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that that is chili and we love it doing all those things. And we also felt, I do have to say, I was starting to get concerned that all of our listeners, that would be mom, hi mom, um, <laughs> might think that all we do is drink cocktails and eat marshmallows and tart tantan and pumpkin bread not that there's anything wrong with that so we (laughs) thought we would throw in a little savory bit um and this is a really good winter recipe too i would say yeah super easy and 
yeah. and good. Everybody, even my picky eaters in my family, which is actually just one my husband yeah no this is <laughs> this is a staple and it's it's one of the few things that my son will eat repeatedly over the span of a week yeah, especially because i can do different things with it like one night we have it on rice another night corn chip well the first night we have it on corn chips but then we eat the entire bag of corn chips um <laughs> so then there are no more corn chips because i have to say i'm not buying another bag of corn chips for the little piggy corn chip eaters so then we have to go to rice and well because they go bad if you don't eat them the day that you open the bag but <laughs> no <laughs> I, I think corn chips are kind of like twinkies that they could survive a nuclear holocaust well, no, i thought they get stale eventually not that we would ever know it because we would never know that well and one thing that happens in our family is that frequently we seem to buy half open bags of chips because by the time they get home oh <laughs> and then i have to say did you buy another half open bag because that's really not sanitary to buy that half open bag and can I just say, if anyone from Frito-Lay is listening, the bags of corn chips are too small <laughs> <laughs> for any size family. Even the family size is too small. I think the family size is made for, like, remember the borrowers, that, that children's <laughs> book with the little people? Th that's made for the borrower's family, yeah. But we digress. So make the chili. It's great. So Booty, what, what, what are you knitting? Okay. Well, I am well into my January knit along with Marie Green. It's the Bretzel cardigan. I just love this pattern. She continually amazes and astounds with every, you know, I, I thought my pinnacle pattern of hers was the Fia which was a cable knit cardigan and it was knit in a worsted weight, I think. And it was a big, big project. I actually wound up making two because I made one for mm -hmm. mom as well. But this one is awesome too. I mean, I have, I'm only halfway through, so I don't know if I say that it's, that I like it better, but I just love the design. It's, keeps you going because you kind of watch the cables grow as you're mm. knitting and it, she's also really brilliant because she chunked everything into sections so you're not getting a huge and she said if she if you were to print out all of the information for all of the sizes it would be something like 80 pages <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> but you were only concentrating on your size, the charts for your size. So, oh, okay. And you don't do it all at once. So each I'm on chart 10 and there's actually 11 charts before you get to the sleeve divide, which is where you put the, some stitches on hold for the sleeves that you're going to pick up later. And then you keep going on the body. So you've got basically 11 chunks 
So you don't feel like this huge chart mm. that you wouldn't know where you are. And so divided up like this makes it really easy to follow. And I really like the yarn. It's just a, it's a affordable, it's called Goodwill <laughs> from mm. Pearl Soho. And they have just classic colors and, oh, and then it's going to be steaked. So you have your holder stitches, which is what you're going to cut up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll um, be very curious to see how that comes out. And I do have to say, I like that kind of pattern where you can tell where you are. You don't yeah. have to keep looking back. And so that seems really good. I noticed that you jumped over the other sweater story that you finished oh, so, <laughs> i was like i'm just working on something new looking ahead here. i know okay sorry so good news is mm. that the sweater that i made for my son for christmas fit and somebody commented i posted it on our my knit group my knit camp group and somebody commented that it fit him like a glove <laughs> i thought <laughs> a, a little bit too much like a glove, but it does fit. It looks good on him. There's a picture of it on the on episode five in the show notes. So it works. He says he's wearing it. He was wearing it the other day when we were zooming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm counting it as a as a win. As a win. Well, I do think that though this you had this, the idea, and I thought this was a good one. Of can this project be saved? I mean, he is wearing it and stuff, but one method of saving that we decided could work here would be the question, can other people in your family wear this, <laughs> that this could be a method of saving? Like, so who who else could have worn it? Somebody suggested that I have another baby and that mm. ship has sailed. But but it that is why I like knitting for babies is because it's going to fit them at some point if they're newborns. But yeah, so at one point I was thinking maybe my daughter would wear it as a tunic dress. <laughs> yeah, sweater for a boy, tunic dress for a girl. Yeah. Think outside the box. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I did yes. learn, so, I did learn from, I think this was Brenda Dane's cast on podcast one of her she was talking about how in china they regularly will you know they'll knit a sweater and they'll wear it and then when they get tired of it they'll frog the whole thing and take it apart and then use the yarn to knit something else completely different and i was intrigued by that yeah i mean it is magical that you could take something apart unless you steak it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> once you steak it, that's the only downside I think of steaking is you, you can't really go back once you do that. You're because you can't unravel the yarn. I wonder if anybody's ever bought like a sweater at a thrift shop that's been steaked, <laughs> thinking, "Oh, I'll just unravel oh. this." <laughs> yeah. Finding out it's so easy. It, well, and that was the lesson too for me was a. Top down is great because you can try it on as you go. B, wet blocking truly is magic because 
this was a superwash yarn, so I knew it was going to grow, but I didn't know. I, I wasn't sure that it was going to grow width-wise. I was worried it was going to get longer, but not wider. Luckily, my son is very tall, so <laughs> it worked that way. And he, and he likes sweaters to be on the longer side, and that can be kind of an issue for He's a good example of someone that knitting is really uh, works well because he's very tall and very thin. And so that's something that's really hard to find in the stores. And so it's, it's mm. nice to be able to get him to make him something that fits him well, because <laughs> he's really not yeah. going to get that if it's, if he gets a size large for the sleeve length or whatever, it's going to be really too wide. So it's a problem that I don't have. Hmm. But, um, yes. I can't really identify with that problem myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what's great about knitting though, is that, that you can customize it. I'm glad that he liked it and that he's wearing it. I do think the cables kind of emphasize the long thinness of it and now i will see with my sweater because the only thing that was hard and it was hard for a lot of people was getting gauge with the sweater that i'm working on right now because you were knitting it in pattern so it had cables and it was mm. a little hard to read what the gauge was um with the cables in there because you kind of had to include those so i decided to go up a couple of sizes <laughs> so Oh, so needle sizes, uh, you mean? No, like sweater sizes. Oh, which is which is frustrating because when you're knitting, you're thinking, if I were knitting a size one, I'd be done by now, you know. But Bossy said that this was the antidote to the stick bug sweater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of true, but I do like a cardigan that's a little on the looser side, so I'm hoping. One of the things that I didn't realize as a newer knitter is that you can have a fair amount of ease because you're knitting a circle if you're knitting a sweater. So one inch of ease is not a lot. Yeah. That's spread out over. Entire... Yeah. 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 So hopefully eight inches of ease is not too much. <laughs> What's <laughs> We'll have another episode of Can This Sweater Be Saved? Uh, can this Can this project be saved? But I would just like to remind everyone as a public service announcement that we are always learning from our mistakes and making our family suffer for them. We're <laughs> helping others also learn from them too. That is the spirit of the podcast. So. I thought you were going to say we're always learning from our mistakes and making new ones. <laughs> yes, well, that too. And if you see Booty in Seattle in a, in a sweater the size of the ocean, you'll know that maybe the ease was a little bit too much. Yes. but There is such a thing as too much. Yeah. Well, at least you're making something big because I am completely blaming this on you. Our listener, that would be mom. Maybe remember that last time I was working on the bunny for my mother-in-law and that I had made no less than two pairs of pants for the bunny because I decided the one pair didn't match. 
because that is so important to bunnies is that they <laughs> they look good when they're out there in their little striped sweater outfits. Good to be able to have a costume change. Right. So then Booty said to me after I'd finished the two pants, you know, there's a pattern for shoes. And so I, I had to get that pattern. So now the bunny with the two pairs of pants has a little pair and they were so, and this is the ridiculousness. They had these little girl Mary Jane shoes that I really liked, but I felt that if I made her Mary Jane shoes, then I would really need to make her a pink dress. And at that point, <laughs> I just had to draw the line and be like, no, this is a boy bunny. He's got blue and white. So I made him these little trainers, these little bunny sneakers. And oh my God, they're so cute. But the whole time I was making them, I was just like, I can't even believe that Booty talked me into making this bunny more clothes. You, you know, them. Booty the Knitting Bully strikes again. Those little projects, they're so cute. I mean, it's always in the finishing that takes forever. This was a little bit fussy because you had to made the sole and then you had to what do they call it when you you know you loop in and casting on stitches casting on from the yeah it it was a little because it was kind of tight and small it was hard to get the needles sort of in there but I did endeavor to persevere <laughs> yes and now the bunny has shoes too and I showed it to somebody and they're like oh. isn't there a hat for it too and uh, <laughs> oh i wonder if she has hats <laughs> now we have to look and see she have more hats <laughs> yeah that you'd have to fit over the ears i mean so that was just ridiculous yeah. i have one more project that i'm working on which i talked about last time the this hat is a muscleberg hat and it's i'm making it with the unique sock yarn that bossy gave me for christmas and i love this pattern it's so fun the pattern comes in a ton of different sizes from child to adult and the yarn that you use is from i think lace weight or maybe heavy lace on up to dk and the big thing wait you don't have to swatch well, you that's, just, I have to tell you, that's not fun. a super big thing for me because I'm generally bad about swatching, but that's why I like to make things well, like I ponchos. Mean, it doesn't matter. Well, but, right. But also, you know, I wouldn't necessarily swatch for the bunny because it doesn't really matter if it's going to be what size it is. But for sweaters, that's when I, I generally am pretty religious about swatching. It's nice with it when you don't have to do that. So basically you're casting on and you're increasing. And when you get to, and, and you kind of have to have to guess which size needle you want for that yarn, but that's not too hard to do. So once you get far enough along, which is about the size of a swatch, you check your gauge. Now, obviously it's not going to be a blocked swatch, but it'll right. give you an idea. And then you just keep, increasing until should have a, around the circumference of 
your head that that or the head that you're going for generally speaking you want it to be a little smaller than the head because otherwise it's it it doesn't fit as well so yeah that's one case where you kind of want negative ease is for a hat right you know i don't think i realized that but now that you say that that makes sense and i i think i tend to make hats that are probably a little bit too big you did teach me that trick where you can sew in a little piece of the elasticized thread and that'll help a little bit around the brim there yeah that's a good example of can this can this hat be saved be saved and that's one way of doing it without re-knitting the whole thing i did make Um, a trip to webs recently and i found it was in the store i always i always love knitting stores that have things knitted up that you can kind of see because I but I did get the yarn to do this Martha Wissing arpeggio it's actually a shawl and it's got kind of unusual colors it's a gray and sort of a top within a just a one line of this color called persimmon it's actually Mm. the web's own line of yarns they're valley yarns this one is westfield and the colors are graphite natural and persimmon and it's this shawl but i'm gonna try i don't know if i'm going to succeed but i'm gonna try and make it into a poncho using Mm. the basic it's the the gray parts kind of got a textured thing and then line of the persimmon and, and then the top is got uh, some open work the colors and again if you looked at the pattern you'd be like meh but but in real life the colors are really nice together and you wouldn't expect like tan and gray and a sort of persimony ready to necessarily work together but i think it could be cool as a poncho you know sort of the church mouse yeah but I'm going to have to figure out how to do, I think I might have to cast it on and do sort of a section at a time. So very different orientation from how the pattern is written because it's a shawl that starts off and you keep adding stitches and then you kind of finish the gray and then you do the continue adding stitches. Easy folded poncho is the one that we're talking about it, that Church Mouse has it, which is basically a rectangle that is seamed um, just after the neck opening. So the great thing about that is, you know, your width and your length, and it's a rectangle. So you can do all kinds of things. You can do a cable border. You can do texture, color. Well, and that you knit it width wise. So you, and I I think I might need to knit it length wise in order for these colors to work. And I'm not exactly sure how that's going to go. Right. So it'd be a lot of cast on stitches. Yeah. You cast on for a lot of stitches at the beginning and then work your way up. It sounds really cool. And the advantage of doing that that way is you could do a three needle bind off for the part that is seamed together and then 
you know, just bind off your stitches for the neck. That's true. I guess I could do that. And I've never done, Church Mouse has adaptation that you can make like a cowl for the neck. I've never tried that, but I think you, so if you did that three needle bind off and then just kept the stitches live, you could make a cowl. Mm. You could sort of knit for a few or however long you wanted it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of curious to see what happened. The other thing was I I had to kind of guesstimate on the yarn because, and I have a feeling I probably didn't get enough. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I thought I was getting a lot and they were 50 gram balls. So I don't know. How well, that's, that yarn is, it generally is easy to get though. It's really nice yarn. I have used Webb's The Valley Yarns a lot for various things and they you know their own brand is nice and they have a good variety and they're not paying me to say any of this but the Westfield is a combination of it's 60 percent merino 20 percent silk and 20 percent yak mm. um, so it's got this nice sheen to it it knits up really nice the other thing I treated myself to is it's size six needles. I probably should have done five because booty always has to go up a needle up. size. And I generally have to go down a needle size because I went to the McDonald's school of supersize me knitting. Um, <laughs> so, but I figure a poncho, it's not going to matter. But they started carrying those knitting needles from Germany. I think they're called Addy. Yeah. Addy. Oh, those Addy needles. They are addictive. Those are so nice. I have well, some of those. They had some that are specifically ergonomically designed. They're, mm -hmm. they're metal, which I, I generally like the wood needles, but they're square and they've got these little ridges that are supposed to be better for your hands. I don't have an issue with arthritis, but I thought this would be a good one. Yeah. Thing to try so I and those. I they, yeah yeah the, are they the rocket squared yes yeah. have you knit yeah. with that on my side on the west coast um, makers mercantile is owned by I think a, a woman who has German heritage or so she has a lot of German yarns and German needles and several times I've gotten some orders from them and they they come with the Addy Rocket Squared needles for free. Oh. Ooh. So they're really, so I love Maker's Mercantile. They always put a little piece of candy. <laughs> and like, like a jelly candy. I know, mm -hmm. I think I have one right here from my last order. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> and they'll have these specials where you get the needles and the project bag and the project and the yarn is 20% off. You know, it's like, ah, I have to do it. And their, their uh, spokesperson, Kyle Kanucky, he's great. He's a really nice guy. And I enjoy um, watching his little, he, they have these videos where they're telling you about their weekly specials. So, but yeah, so the Addy, that's how I got hooked. On the Addy Rocket Squared. I do love my Shiagu. Shi Shiogu. My husband gave me the Forte 
limited edition, Shiago <gasps> Is it engraved with your initials? Is it monogrammed? Seems like it should be monogrammed. Seems like it should be, yes. Well, it was funny because we visited a store in Paris where they had them. And the, the owner of the store said, this is my last set. I said, oh, okay. You know, we left. And then my on Christmas Day, my husband said, oh, and these you've actually seen this set in person because they were out of all of them in the United States. So I had to special order it from that shop in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. So that was good. The needles are so important. Having something that's comfortable makes a huge difference. Well, I figured since I justified, do you want to hear my, my, my rationalization for this? Cause they're, I mean, at least at webs, they were like 1750. They're not. So I'm surprised they're popping them in there complimentary, but my rationalization was going to be that I, since I was going to be casting on a lot, I wanted to have, you know, a long, so I got like the 40 inches. I, I don't usually have that size then i thought well yeah. i will try it i mean that's the only thing when you get those fixed circular needles that you wind up having to get a whole lot of them and it's an investment so it can seem like getting an interchangeable needle set is a better way to go but a lot of people don't like the sometimes the cords come unraveled i find this she yeah. are pretty good they don't they don't tend to come undone and the only thing that I think those Addy racket squares work great for any kind of worsted or DK weight yarn, but for something where you're maybe you want a sharper tip, the tips aren't quite as sharp as oh. the Shiagos, but they're they're definitely ergonomic, so they're they're great for most projects. Okay. I will let you know how this project, I feel like I'm kind of going from teeny tiny to giant blanket, you know? Well, and that's why I think it's good to have a couple projects going because my hat, my muscle bird hat is for on the go and just, I'm just knitting in the round, making a big long tube. And then my sweater is for me concentrating. <gasps> Concentrating. Yeah. No Counting. Knitting. That's that's different from there's like stress knitting, which was the pre Christmas knitting. Mm -hmm. And then there's leave me alone. I want to be by myself with my knitting knitting. <laughs> Put on my head. Leave me alone knitting. <laughs> Nobody bother me. I'm yeah. in my studio. I'm in my studio <laughs> knitting. Yes. But yes, yeah, so knitting is excellent for escaping your family. That's another thing. We just kind of keep a running tally of all of the all of the problems that knitting answers. Problems oh, yeah, with we... your family? Just knit. You know, right. knit them away. You did something where you made the the really tight stitches and your gauge is way off. <laughs> Angry knitting. Yes. Angry knitting. Right. I think we've come to our end of this episode of our podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of 
Booty and Bossy Eat, Drink, Knit. Check out our website, bootyandbossy.com for show notes and references and obviously the chili recipe. Let us know what you're working on. You can reach us at bootyandbossy at gmail.com. And we'd love to see what projects you have or recipes. Yes. But whatever you do. Don't, <laughs> don't my, my sister. Consistently <laughs> terrible. Consistently bad, yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Bye.